Welcome to today's ILTA podcast interview session entitled Information Governance Policies and Practices for Small Firms. I'm your moderator, Anne Halkett, Director of Solid eDiscovery Services, a division of AHBL MLP. I'm thrilled to be joined by our speaker today, Andrew Kogan, Manager of Practice Services Records, Alan Mackins. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks Hi, for taking- how are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. So let's dive right into it because we have a lot of talk. We have got a lot to cover. So in terms of uh, records management, what's the difference between records management and information governance? Well, records management is the method in which an organization handles their official records for the entire life cycle of those records from creation to ultimate disposition. So it involves the classification, the creation of a taxonomy by which these records are managed and the method that they're kept uh, both on site and off physically and electronically. Information governance incorporates records management into a strategic plan that aligns with the organization's goals to manage all assets, uh, data assets of the organization. So it acknowledges the value of all information as assets to an organization with a goal towards total data asset knowledge, which is to say an awareness of all data housed by the organization. It provides a method to ensure the security and integrity and authenticity of that data and provide the absence of dark data and rot, which is redundant, obsolete, or trivial data, uh, which is data that is either unknown that the organization doesn't realize it has or uh, basically uh, data that just kind of clouds up data searches, making it tough to find what you're actually looking for once going through your data system. Um, so it, it also provides a method by which an organization can ethically and defensively delete or destroy the data once it's reached the end of its life cycle. So it takes into account federal and state regulations regarding privacy, protecting personally identifiable information, personal health information, personal credit information, and client proprietary information, including intellectual property. Wow, that's a lot. Certainly yeah. a lot of food for thought there. Um, so what is an information governance or IG framework and associated policies, and why would you want to establish these? Well, an IG framework provides the method in which an organization will establish their governance program. So it's, it's composed basically of standards, processes, roles, and metrics that hold a, uh, an organization accountable for the data that they're housing. Uh, key principles of a successful IG program and uh, framework um, which make the basis for best practices and, and should be designed into the approach taken towards IG uh, include executive sponsorship, which is that you need high level backing to support and ensure compliance to uh, the program itself. Stakeholder cons consultation. So it, it's important to involve key stakeholders who must be consulted because they're the most knowledgeable about their data needs and the structure of, and flow of their business. Um, information policy development and communication. Uh, you need to educate, educate, educate. You can't gain compliance to a set of policies without fully making employees aware of what they can and can't do with data. Uh, information integrity, ensuring the authenticity of the records and being able to prove the integrity and authenticity of the records. 
uh, information organization and classification, setting up a taxonomy by which the data can be found and called upon when needed. Information security, safety from breach, spoliage, leak, or loss. Uh, information accessibility, the ability to locate and call up data in order to facilitate work. Uh, so employees need to be able to do their jobs without an impediment to their flow of business. Um, information control, managing the use of the data, how it's accessed, by whom, legal holds, ethical walls, and screens, and et cetera. Uh, information governance, monitoring, and auditing, a method by which uh, you can ensure and provide compliance with the organization's policies, as well as legal and regulatory compliance, and continuous improvement. It's considered a living program, uh, not really a set it and forget it set of policies. It's, it's really something that grows as does an organization's business, as do uh, legal and regulatory uh, requirements for how we house data. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Something that requires constant oversight as you go along. Yeah. And in terms of client expectations, what are clients concerned about and what do they want to see in terms of information governance? Well, clients are first and foremost, I believe, concerned with the security and integrity of their information. They want to know that their data is being safely and ethically managed. So clients are increasingly placing stipulations into contracts or engagement letters requiring a specific level of security uh, and established security and data loss prevention systems in place. So how will your, your organization respond to a breach? What type of breach notifications does your organization have in place? How long will it take for you to know you've been breached? And brief, uh, a breach notification plans um, basically have requirements that are set by uh, privacy laws as well as by the organization themselves. So uh, privacy laws like uh, CCPA and GDPR uh, basically saying you can only house data for a certain amount of time and it has to be uh, ethically disposed of after that time. And finally, does your organization have a, a data risk mitigation plan or an information risk mitigation plan? So if data is lost, how do you take those steps? What do you do uh, to, and how do you minimize the possibility of it being lost? Yeah, that's a lot to think about. Um, if a firm or corporation wanted to establish an information governance framework and policy, where would they start and what steps would they go through to get this into place? Well, you think of uh, uh, most companies right now in the state that they're at, uh, typically you see uh, organization will have thousands of boxes of files somewhere offsite in storage uh, being stored at a significant expense, really. Uh, their files are kept in multiple or disparate taxonomies and methods in terms of naming conventions, filing structures and organizations that are often dictated by personal preference or team preference rather than organizational policy. So you have endless duplicative copies of data, you have discoverable unstructured data. So the way that they would really wanna start is to perform an analysis of the situation at hand. So uh, most likely a SWOT analysis where you measure the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats uh, when housing data and then to establish a program structure. 
So uh, in order to establish a program structure, you definitely would need to secure executive sponsorship. You have to have key stakeholder buy-in in order to gain compliance from anyone in the organization. Uh, so you would also want to set up a steering committee of key stakeholders because the key stakeholders, meaning uh, department heads or knowledgeable individuals, will know what types of records they're dealing with and how they need to be classified for their area of business. Uh, also, you want to define your vision for information governance. What is your current state and what are your long-term objectives? Focus on core values of the organization and leverage the momentum of the current information-related initiatives that are currently in, in place. Uh, then uh, formalize policies and training. So with educate, 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 you really do need to have the policies in place, uh, perform a gap analysis, find out what policies are missing, and then you want to make sure that there's a training program in place so that people are able to really grasp what it is we're talking about. A lot of uh, information governance principles are a sea change in how things are handled. It's a total shift in what people are used to and how they keep their data. So you really want to build it up. It's a, it's a long-term setup for an information governance program. It does take some time. So you also want to define the program metrics. So how do you know that the information governance program is being uh, followed? How do you assure compliance? Well, you want to track records-related activities. You want to develop long and short-term goals. And then you want to audit and ensure that people are, are following the policies um, and monitor for reporting and continuous improvement. And that's the other big part of it is continuous improvement. As mentioned before, things change. You want to continually ensure that you are maintaining the integrity and security of information. And so that, that's not a one-stop situation. That, that's kind of a audit, review, uh, re reassess some of the, uh, the the established policies and procedures in place and update them regularly. So there should be a, an annual update, an annual spring fling uh, or, or a learning session where everybody gets a, a reminders. You know, you want to have communications that go out to the organization as well. So it's at the forefront of people's minds. Uh, a lot of times you'll see a, a department like IT will send out hot tech tips or information that you can use in different programs and things like that. And that's exactly what you'd want to do with the IG program is send out hot tips, ways to secure your data, ways to not lose your data, ways to clean things up so they're easier to find. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think that's a great idea with the tips. And it's certainly a change management process as well. Oh, in terms. Of in terms of getting people on board. And I, I totally agree. The executive sponsorship is, is key to something like this and actually quite a few ventures within any organization. So thank you. Yeah. Or, 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 go ahead. Did you have something more to add, Andrew? Oh, I was just going to agree with you. Change management is a very huge part of it, uh, especially because it, it will come as a shock to a lot of the organization's employees. Uh, a lot of people are used to just keeping whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want. And a lot of people consider the cloud or a server to be in a, a black hole, basically, a never-ending space that can fill up, whereas that's not exactly the case. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And I think one of the things that 
uh, people could lose sight of is that, well, it's um, paper storage costs money. Electronic storage also costs money in terms yeah. of infrastructure and and whatnot, whether you have it on premise or in the cloud. So there's a cost to all of this. It's not free. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you're saying, and if there's a breach, how do you know what you have and where it is? And trying to piece that together after the fact is quite an undertaking. And that's part of the data controls you want to have in place. So who's accessing the data? Who has the rights to access the data? And can you track what's done with it? So are you using metadata? Are you leveraging the metadata to know who's been able to access things? What's been created? Where it's been created? Versioning, deduplication. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into it. I, I think that a lot of organizations typically would have a setup where it's a uh, shared drive or a multiple shared drives that each uh, business unit uses for their whole business unit. And the problem with a shared drive on a server is that you have no metadata. You can't tell if somebody's gone into your document and completely changed it, or if they did, you can't tell who it was necessarily, unless they were the exact last person to use it. With uh, something like a document management program, uh, let's say an iManage or a NetDocs, you get all of that information in metadata. You have metrics as to how the data is used and you can track uh, how it's being handled right up to the disposition of that data uh, and maintain uh, the approvals that you need for that disposition. Because really you have to be able to defend disposition in court in some situations. And you wanna be able to say this was ethically done. Mm -hmm. That's true. Those are excellent points. So thank you. Andrew, so much for taking the time to speak with me today and share your expertise. And thank you also to the audience who will soon be tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Take care. Thanks.